So today we're going to finish Love One Session 86. This was received May 4th, 1982. And it's not such a long session. We moved through most of it last time and we stopped at 8614. Discussion of uh, rapid eye movement, state of, of dreaming or sleep. Uh, in the middle of the discussion of dreams, where Ra talked about um, the value and function of dreaming, uh, particularly after the veil, and how um, the veiling of mind uh, in 3D physical life, uh, done by the Logos, to provide more usable catalyst for polarization, evolution of souls in 3D physical, to get themselves out, to graduate to fourth density. Uh, how dreaming is useful now for polarization. And let me just review a little bit briefly. 86.12, Ross said that in dreaming, <clears throat> there's a finely wrought and excellently fashioned bridge from conscious to unconscious, I would think normally from unconscious to conscious, but it's an interesting perspective is what seems to be coming from the unconscious, unconscious, right, the potentiator of mind to the conscious or matrix of mind can be also thought of as a bridge from the conscious because to the extent that we're remembering, it's the conscious mind seeking <clears throat> or the conscious mind having a memory of a dream or experience of a dream is its own reaching out to the subconscious uh, to know its process. And <clears throat> Ra explains that in this state, the dreaming state, various distortions that have occurred in the energy web of the body complex, the body complex, not mind or spirit, due to misprecision, um, not precision or imprecise uh, condition in which energy influxes have been received, are healed. And so <clears throat> there's the healing of body that can come from dreaming. Uh, and sleep as well, I think, meaning sleep in which there's no dream remembered. But, Ross said, with the proper amount of dreaming comes the healing of these distortions. And even though they talked about distortions in the energy web of the body complex, uh, I think we're also talking about distortions in the mind because Ra talked about lower chakra blockages uh, as associated with um, content of dreaming. And that was 86.7. So anybody who wants to know about dreams could do well to um, look at this session 86 a few times over and understand what dreaming is all about. <clears throat> and for some people, dreaming is really critical, and for some, much less so. Uh, certainly, what happens at night is an indication or in sleep uh, as a bridge from or between conscious and unconscious, whether which way it goes is irrelevant because it's going both ways. Uh, what happens in the hours of sleep, particularly, uh, is a really good indication of what's happening, what what's going on for me at a de at deeper levels of mind, and it may be associated with certainly body healing. Uh, but it's generally associated with lower chakra blockage being 
in in the process of healing or releasing by the projection of um, dream sequences in mind, like narrative. And so dreaming in 86.7, dreaming as a value in the polarization process, polarization process just means clearing lower triad blockages and developing, you know, blue-green indigo. And that the value of this dreaming in polarization, which can be understood again as moving out of lower chakra blockage by the way of activation of love, wisdom, or honest acceptance, honesty and acceptance and self-understanding and forgiveness. Uh, That dreaming, um, I would imagine, even, even when not fully comprehended, simply the production of the dream itself represents uh, a releasing. Uh, also then, by the imagery, to the conscious mind that's interested, Ross said, giving gives waking mind clues to the nature of the blockages and hints to changes in perception which may lead to unblocking. So again, I, I think that <clears throat> there's some degree of lower chakra blockage releasing just by the act of dreaming and then the willingness of the conscious mind to understand what the nature of the blockages are or is um, deepens or or carries forward the healing and so somebody asked last week about being very restless in the hours of sleep or agitated and apparently struggling in sleep Uh, this is associated with an agitated subconscious or deep mind that's um, feeling under attack or self-attacking by way of, you know, what? Self-criticism, self-blame, self-punishment, and that coming out as dream imagery of attack defense, even when the conscious mind doesn't know it or one wakes up and doesn't remember. There's the subconscious producing the phenomenon of the body um, flopping around or or kicking and and um, erratically moving in a in in an, uh, in a way that shows some con- you know conflict and opposition rather than peaceful sleep the opposite of peaceful sleep uh, warlike sleep <clears throat> and that would be you know to me indicative first of a, of a, of a mind that is at war with itself so you know, the answer is always uh, acceptance and understanding and, um, you know, a commitment uh, to to make things better for myself. Uh, and, and I think in this life, you know, it, it as an aside, <laughs> you know, it's very difficult to be seeking greater awareness or love wisdom, which means heart accepting, knowing, understanding and discernment capacity to know truth and speak truth and hear the truth and live in the truth in a world of people that are being progressively dumbed down progressively poisoned physically or electromagnetically manipulated uh, and increasingly distorted in body mind spirit <laughs> so in a world of human human beings and a community of people who are unwittingly increasingly distorted in body mind spirit particularly in mind, uh, for us to be swimming against the stream 
or going in an opposite direction to that stream or flow uh, is quite a piece of work. I mean, it's, it's a very distressful situation living here in the human world, actually, whether you know it or not. Because whether you know it or not, humanity is progressively being dumbed down, demoralized, derationalized, um, spiritually attacked uh, by, by culture, by media, by lies, by uh, the general atmosphere of, uh, of aggression and, and you know anything we read and all the historical, all the lies of all the institutions like science and history and religion and, and you know transnational organizations government to be to be uh, Gautama had said that the the path Buddha path Buddhist path is very difficult because it is like going against the stream the stream of mind which is towards attachment grasping and aversion and dukkha pain making more pain that's the stream of mind the normal flow default flow of mind is grasping and aversion desiring and hating wanting to take and wanting to to get rid of struggle leading to more and more dukkha and pain and suffering and dissatisfaction and stress. That's the normal way of mind. And now that is um, heavily amped up and pushed hard by, you know, illuminist, black, occult uh, culture bases, culture. The leader, the, the, the shapers of society in all countries to some extent. To some extent. To be to be living in a world where humanity, where, where our where the collective is progressively degraded in body, mind, spirit, by its own accord, progressively self-degraded, you know, um, increasingly self-degraded in in uh, in body, mind, spirit, and in a world like that, to be seeking. Uh, you know, to grasp the light of the sun, as Ra said. You know, few can grasp the light of the sun, but the adept can. We can. Uh, in a world where people are basically um, being drugged, dragged in the mud, is very, very difficult. And so, um, <laughs> what comes out at night as dreams, remembered or not, uh, projects in narrative imagistic construct some skaric form the uh, blockages of the lower triad and distortions of mind and the goal um, is changes in perception that may lead to unblocking as we says Ross said in 86.7 and uh, again in the next paragraph it says in all cases it's useful to a mind-body-spirit complex, meaning after the veil, us, to ponder the content and emotive resonance of dreams. The content and emotive resonance, emotive resonance means uh, how do you feel? And the content is what happened, knowing that in a psychological dream, all the characters represent aspects of the self, tendencies of our mind, um, and identifying or taking ownership, in a sense, with all the characters of the dream. And um, seeing, you know, what's happening in my mind by analyzing content of the dream and how I'm feeling about it by the emotive resonance. So, uh, 
very important stuff, and we'll get to the new material here. Uh, Eighty-six fifteen, talking about REM sleep. Uh, Don asks eighty-six fifteen if it is of any value to know to know that. Would you tell me why the dreaming process works like that? Meaning that REM state occurs in small units during the night with gaps in between. Is there any particular reason for this? He asked at eighty-six fourteen this REM sleep with small gaps during the night. Why is that happening that way? Ra explains 86.15. The portions of the dreaming process which are useful for polarization and also for the vision of the mystic <clears throat> take place in time-space and consequently use the bridge from metaphysical to physical for what seems to be a brief period of your space-time. The time-space equivalent is far greater. The bridge remains, however, and traduces each portion, each distortion of mind, body, and spirit as it has received the distortions of energy influxes so that healing may take place. This healing does not occur with the incidence of rapid eye movement, but rather occurs largely in the space-time portion of the mind-body-spirit complex using the bridge to time-space for the process of healing to be enabled. So typical ET answer there, a bit, uh, a, a bit technical. So <clears throat> there are portions of the dreaming process that are helpful for polarization, meaning healing distortions or unblocking lower chakra blockages. Same. Polarization as uh, freedom from distortion, greater love wisdom, uh, distortions of mind, equals lower triad, lower chakra blockages being released by way of blue-green or green-blue indigo, fourth, fifth, sixth rag development, which means self-understanding, self-acceptance, <clears throat> self-love, love unconditionally. Um, yes, I'm in pain. Uh, yes, I accept this. I accept responsibility for creating or co-creating it. Uh, yes, I want to understand it. Yes, I can. I, I I seek to know what's going on for me, and be well, rather than remain unhappy. I mean, and that's that's really the basis of the path is the seeking to be well. And unfortunately, it just means that there's a lot of stuff in life that we can't change or have our way that we can, at best, simply uh, learn to accept. Unconditional acceptance is love, and that doesn't mean like. <laughs> a lot of what. Uh, we face, we hate, or don't like strongly, strongly don't like, um, and cannot change, and cannot have our way, and the only way of coming to balance for us on the positive path uh, is to develop unconditional acceptance, or acceptance, which is love, which is green ray, so the only way to be free of certain dukkha associated with conditions that we don't like or hate or that are very much not what we want um, when we can't change them in any positive way. The only way to move out of dukkha is acceptance and understanding and recognizing how I can be, you know, I mean, it's very painful. It's, it's easier, far easier said than done. Okay, I got it. But the doing that I am saying that's easy to say and hard to do is ultimately in includes some sense of 
um, accepting this thing I hate, this situation I hate, uh, is good for me. Because I can be free of hate, but I also can be free of um, attachment to certain desires. I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I can't have it. And even though I hate it, and I'm angry, and I'm upset, uh, which is painful, I don't want to stay in this pain forever, nor can I change the situation. So maybe it's good for me to learn to live without it, to learn to live with not having my desires fulfilled again, as, as so many desires we have cannot be fulfilled in this world, in space-time. And that's very bitter. That's a bitter pill. That's the bitter pill that um, much of, much that we want we can't have in this world. And the purpose of being in this world actually is not to have everything you want anyway. If you wanted all your desires fulfilled, you wouldn't have come here. And then then the higher reasoning, which some people will say is specious or, or rationalization, is to acknowledge that in fact, uh, even though it's very bitter and I hate it, um, it's good for me to learn to detach from these attachments and desires that in this case cannot be fulfilled that are even reasonable. How about reasonable? You know, I desire perfect soulmate. I desire peace on earth. I desire perfect love and union. Sorry, impossible in this world for us as we are, with others as they are, with the community as it is with the, the current state of our development. Nope. Impossible. And um, then the further thought, well, maybe it's actually good for me to try to be well without it and to realize that um, seeking to be well in, the, in, in a condition where desires are not fulfilled may even be better than fulfilling such desires. Like, it's better to be free of desires than have desires fulfilled. It's better to be free of preference or attachment, unnecessary attachment, let's just say. Uh, or, or um, you know, it's better to be free of blockage than to have desires fulfilled and maintain blockage. It's better to be free of desire or to approach, to seek to be well without desires fulfilled than to have desires fulfilled in some way. It's a very, it's a kind of reversal of the common pleasure-pain principle, which is getting desires fulfilled, having preferences met is pleasure, the opposite is pain, I only want pleasure, and I'm going to reject pain, the pain of not having desires met, and I should have all my desires met all the time, fully, perfectly. Well, I think that sounds good to me too, but it just ain't the case here. <clears throat> when in Rome. And so, I, I mean, I, I like perfect bliss and all my desires fulfilled too. But it ain't the case here. And uh, it's far more the case in higher dimensions, particularly for wanderers being, you know, four, five, six. Why did we come here? Where we're not going to get all the desires met. In fact, it was known, clearly. It's impossible. And even, even holy desires, right? Sacred community and sacred union partnership. Nope, both. Sorry, can't have it here. Perfect health. Sorry, nope, can't have it. Nope, nope, nope. So we came into a dimension, 3D space-time, in which very uh, the, the, the deepest desires we have will be in, inevitably 
in, uh, unfulfilled. How about that? The deepest sacred desire, right? This um, <laughs> sacred community, sacred union, perfect fusion, mind, body, spirit, complex union with another partner. Perfect union, sacred community, joyous understanding and sharing and support for, for growth and love of God, you know, expressed in the physical dimension um, by civilization and culture and the group life. No, can't happen. Sorry. Perfect health? No, sorry. Can't happen. Perfect understanding? No, sorry. Not happen. Not possible. Unless you, you know, become an adept and go on. So we came into a realm in which m m the deeper level, the deepest desires we have will ne cannot be fulfilled, so it seems to me, for the purpose of um, polarization associated with making peace and developing, you know, green, blue, indigo, um, acceptance, discernment, wisdom, balance, knowing, greater awareness, freedom, uh, associated with the catalyst of having all those core desires unmet. And so that's that's something to ponder. So the so dreaming is about so dreaming pulling the the the, the focus down here. Dreaming is helpful for polarization. In particularly showing a, a picture of a narrative that expresses lower chakra blockages and conflicts we have, also for the vision of the mystic. <clears throat> in terms of contact with higher self and higher dimensional awareness, <clears throat> it occurs in time-space and then comes through this bridge from metaphysical time-space to physical space-time. It, like REM, uh, you know, the rapid eye movement seems to be associated with dreaming. Seems to be basically what's happening in time-space metaphysical for a short period of time shown here. Ross said, it, it, it seems to be a brief period of your space-time, but the time-space equivalent is far greater. So, <clears throat> eight seconds of eye-fluttering, rapid eye moving, uh, maybe 20 times that experience in time-space, meaning deeper levels of mind are of expanded awareness. The bridge remains, the bridge traduces. Now, traduce is commonly understood as speaking badly of or damaging a reputation. However, <clears throat> the the original meaning of the word traduce was to transport, to change over or to convert. To transport, convert, convert meaning a, a, a transporting conversion, converting, transporting, moving from one to another and converting the form. Uh, form conversion tra transportation, a, tr a carrying from one to another that involves a conversion of form, which sounds right to me here, so that the bridge traduces, or the dreaming um, shows that traduction of distortions of mind, body, spirit, not only body, uh, as it has received as what? The bridge has received, shown by the dreaming. So the dreaming is a, is a conscious mind result of the metaphysical to physical brid bridging uh, of um, energy uh, or distortions, particularly of mind, body, spirit, um, that are 
uh, associated with time-space and now revealed in space-time conscious mind dreaming narrative. And so the point is so that energy influxes um, associated with those distortions, associated with time-space, are converted by the dreaming and transported by the bridge over to the conscious mind so healing may take place. Uh, it, the healing itself doesn't occur with rapid eye movement, but uh, Ra says occurs largely in the space-time portion of the mind-body-spirit complex, meaning our conscious mind, using the bridge to time-space for the process of healing to be enabled. It doesn't really explain how much work the conscious mind needs to do for the healing to happen. Uh, one can ignore dreams and get some healing one can overemphasize analysis of dreams and stay stuck, but it seems the attitude of the conscious mind um, is critical for the degree of healing that can come from the conscious mind working with dreams. But um, writing down all my dreams that will increase uh, over time in terms of we'll remember more and more then you'll be sitting in your bed for an hour before you get up because the dream, you remember all sorts of things. Is that a healthier mind? Um, the yogi says no. Uh, Ajahn says no. But um, some degree of that seems to be important. It, it's a, I can't say what the ideal is, but I can say that the more you seek to um, extract dream imagery, the more you will remember... Uh, but the more you remember is not equal to the more you heal because there are a lot of people that I've seen that get totally uh, obsessed with dream recall and are great at it uh, and the yogi says neti neti uh, because the yogi dreams uh, you know sleeps a dreamless sleep sleeps a dreamless sleep and that's very well known in yoga traditions east west particularly Buddhism Hinduism that the mind that's deeply healed or well doesn't produce dreams. But the conscious mind that seeks total recall or uh, to fill, you know, reams of pages of uh, dream diaries remains uh, roiling, R-O-I-L, roiling, I think, uh, with attachment to subconscious imagery or to dream imagery and recall. Uh, and I don't think that that's the goal. So, at higher levels of wisdom, um, or love wisdom, one may realize that there's a limit to how much time is a balance, shows balance, is really best in seeking dream recall. And, and healing doesn't require, uh, it's not the case that the more dream, the more dream imagery you recall, the more healing they'll be, or the more wellness or evolution they'll be, or polarization. So that's another long matter. Eighty-six sixteen. Don goes on. You mentioned loss of knowledge and control over the body as being a factor that was helpful in the evolutionary process due to veiling. Could you enumerate the important losses of knowledge and control over the body? Don asked some big questions here. So, with the veiling in mind that the Logos did and does now still, there's this loss of knowledge about, you know, the knowledge that all is the creator and the knowledge of 
our multidimensional nature, na the, the knowledge of past and future, all sorts of knowing was shrouded in the subconscious by that veiling and lots of control over the body physiology, like what the yogis may do, you know, stop the heartbeat and control the breathing and, you know, change poison to water and whatever. All sorts of um, magical, what we call today magical city powers of control over body and intuition, uh, insight, deep awareness, self-awareness or spiritual awareness, knowledge was lost with the veiling. What were important losses of knowledge and control? Rob basically sidesteps and says, this query contains some portions which would be more helpfully answered were some intervening material requested. So he doesn't know what it is. <laughs> so Don says, 8617, I'm at a loss to know what to request. Can you chuckle? <laughs> Give me an idea of what area, uh, what area of intervening material I should work on. He chuckled because he knew that that <laughs> was a question that wouldn't be um, answered or a, uh, a request not assented. Rob would not honor that request to tell Don what area of intervening material he should ask about to get to answer to the question. Ra said, A617, no, meaning he won't give you an idea, won't give an idea of intervening material. No, however, we shall be happy to answer the original query if it is still desired, if you first perceive that there is information lacking. And <laughs> so Ra said, uh, it's an, you know, Ra is really an ET, and so there, the mind complex here really is different. Uh, could you enumerate important losses of knowledge and control over the body? Meaning losses of knowledge, the, what knowledge was missing in mind, what control over body physiology didn't happen anymore after the veil. Ra didn't say, no, we couldn't. Ra said there's um, something more fully to, you know, the, the fuller answer needs prior questions or prior material coming out by questions is necessary, that doesn't mean no. <laughs> it just means if you find what's in the middle, uh, you'll get a better answer. Ross said, uh, they're still happy. <laughs> happy. Happy. Hey, hey, they're happy. Happy to answer the original query. Didn't think Rock could be happy. Uh, if it's desired, if you still want, and 86.18 Don falls up. Perhaps I can question it slightly differently here. I might ask why loss of knowledge and control over the body was helpful. <laughs> the idea is that with the veiling came lots of loss of knowledge, lots of knowledge unavailable as easily as it was without a veil, and also various controls over uh, physiology um, lost too. Um, what was helpful about it was the fact that that, that, that was catalyst, right? The, the, all the knowledge not, no longer easily available or easily known. It's knowable, but no longer easily knowable, only knowable by, by seeking and some only by great seeking. Likewise, control over the body was also available, but far harder to obtain. You want to be a yogi, you can do it. You want to know all is one, you can do it. It's just far more difficult now after the veil. That f condition of um, those 
um, you know, control, the, the, the knowledge and control being so difficult now and not normally available or de by default unavailable, that is catalyst. That catalyst is helpful because beings in the face of that make more effort to seek than they did when they had it all available without having work for it. Ra answers 86.18 about what's helpful. Ra said, the loss to the conscious mind of the knowledge of the potentials of the physical vehicle before the veiling, meaning knowledge of the potentials of the physical vehicle before the veiling, that loss of the knowledge of the potentials or loss of the ability to actualize those potentials of the body, offered the my body spirit my body spirit complex actually should be um, my body spirit we're talking about I guess just a moment okay we are talking about before the veil here <laughs> so we're not talking about loss of function we're talking about loss of the potential to develop the function before the veil. <laughs> so with those functions easily available or or naturally by default available, the potentials of having knowledge or having the knowledge and having body control, those abilities equal loss of potential to develop those abilities. Okay? So the loss to the conscious mind before the veil of the knowledge of the potentials of the physical vehicle before the veiling offered the mind-body-spirit a free range of choices with regard to activities and manifestations of the body, but offered little in the way of the development of polarity, meaning option for catalyst. When the knowledge of these potentials and functions of the physical vehicle is shrouded from the conscious mind complex in the veiling, the mind-body-spirit complex is often nearly without knowledge of how to best manifest its beingness, meaning what to do. However, this state of lack of knowledge offers an opportunity for a desire to grow within the mind complex. The desire, this desire, is that which seeks to know the possibilities of the body complex. The ramifications of each possibility and the eventual biases thusly built have within them a force which can only be generated by such desire or will to know. And that's the critical matter, is that when you have it without having worked for it, um, the desire to work for it doesn't exist. <laughs> if somebody gives you a billion dollars, <throat> the desire to work for a billion dollars cannot arise. Why would you work, you know, I'm being given uh, all the money in all the world, or all the money I want. So why should I have a desire to work for money? when uh, it's, it's unnecessary. <clears throat> and so the desire or will to know uh, is generated by not knowing. <laughs> the desire or will um, to take good care of the body is only generated by <clears throat> a body that we can't, that, that, that we can't fully control, <clears throat> that requires effort um, to manage. So, before the veil, the conscious mind lost or didn't have 
uh, knowledge of the potentials of the physical vehicle. Meaning, they didn't know what the possibilities were because they were all actualized. <laughs> While they were, as they were experiencing this free range of choices with regard to activities and manifestations. <clears throat> so they, before the veil, they have a free range of choice. They can make the body, what, fly? <laughs> Stop the heartbeat? Well, that's a big deal. Who cares about that? But all, all sorts of ways of controlling the body, they could, I guess, what? Um, never sleep or walk through water or do all the cities associated with magic body manifestations, maybe. So they had a free range of choices. They can fly through the air and plunge into the ocean and <clears throat> uh, what? Fly into the sun or fly in space. That would have been a pretty funky world. So maybe, who knows, they had a free range of choices. They had freedom. Uh, of what they wanted to do with the body because they could control it fully. Sounds like uh, magical magical land uh, with regard to activity and manifestation of the body. So they had all that. What they didn't have, however, was um, the um, opportunity for a desire to grow within the mind to develop those abilities. <laughs> they didn't have they didn't have an opportunity to develop the desire to uh, improve their condition or improve themselves or develop themselves, but rather only to enjoy all they had. And so they had this free range of choice regard body action, but they didn't have, that condition itself wasn't much uh, supportive of developing polarity, meaning working, going beyond third density. Then in the veil condition, the knowledge of these potentials and the functions. So it's not, you know, not only do are, are functions unavailable, but the knowledge of what those f potentials are or the potentials associated with mind being able to develop those functions is normally shrouded here from the conscious mind in the veil. Then we, the, the conscious, the mind-body-spirit complex or the post-veiled human being or the human being under the veil is often nearly, nearly without knowledge, <laughs> is often totally unaware, <clears throat> near, often, what a funky way of putting it, often nearly without knowledge of how to best manifest its beingness. Only in session 86 could this kind of strange language come out and be workable. The post-veil human being in 3D, often, meaning generally, or often, majority of the time, is nearly without knowledge. What does this mean, nearly without knowledge? It means nearly has no knowledge, nearly totally ignorant of how to best manifest this beingness. I mean, what the hell to do? This is a question. What should I do with my life? And that's, you know, by keeping all humans under, you know, media fear and frenzy and economic stress and deprivation, uh, everybody's tied to the material survival instinct. Uh, in a world of great leisure, as Nicola was intending to bring, um, beings would have to confront this whole question of, what should I do now? I don't have to work for money, or I can live well. What should I do now? This is the case of nearly totally ignorant of how to best manifest one's beingness, or what's best for me to do. 
And that's why Gautama said the root of discernment is going to the wise and the worthy, <clears throat> acknowledging there, there are some people who in the world, and of course in other worlds, who are far wiser than I or you, far more worthy of virtue and morality than you or me, and they know better than you or me. <clears throat> How, um, what's best for us? They know better because they're more developed in the ways of wisdom, wisdom virtue, right? Fifth ray, fourth ray. Uh, and they know better what's best. <laughs> they know more what's best for us. <clears throat> and so, um, being under the veil, generally, often, often we have no idea at all what's best to do. <laughs> How to best manifest its beingness. Oh, I manifest my beingness. Manifest beingness is higher self or, or our essential nature. How to best manifest. What to best do. What choice to make. Which way to go. Where to put my attention. Where to, how to spend my time. If you don't have economic pressure, and, and let's just say you don't even have uh, interpersonal pressure, right? In a loving community, in a fine relationship, with a group of really fine friends, without any money problem, with no threat of evil governing transnational criminal organizational governments, then what should I do? <laughs> That's what 4th E positive will look like at the beginning. And Howard Storm saw that. Uh, <clears throat> there, there comes the real challenge of what's really best now. And beings play for a while, um, but pretty quickly get a sense of what's best when there's no veil, surely. But um, in 4D positive will know but this state of lack of knowledge offers an opportunity for a desire to grow in the mind the state of lack of knowledge that's the veil the state of lack of knowledge the state of lack of control the mind has the mind generally <clears throat> doesn't know what's best to do generally doesn't know what's best <laughs> when you know what what's best you know what to do you do what's best Right? Don't you want to do what's best? Why do you want to do what's worst? The people who want who are self-punishing are, are under negative influence. Negatives want you to hurt yourself. Negatives want you to make fight. Negatives want you to suffer by making more suffering for yourself. Astral entities want that, and human negative uh, puppet leaders want that. They want you to hurt yourself. <clears throat> they want you to harm yourself and do what's be worst for you, not what's best for you. But um, the post-veil condition, where there's this lack of mind knowing and lack of body control, offers an opportunity, by that deficiency, for the desire to grow in the mind complex, and that desire is the will to know and the will to take care of the body. And that's actually the will to best manifest our beingness or to know what's best. To know what's best is to then we do what's best or at least we do some of what's best. Um, and uh, the desire is that which seeks to know the possibilities of the body complex. That's the value of not having control of the body is to have the situation where we would not knowing possibilities of body or how to take care of a body, let's say, how to get well again, how to stay healthy, how to take good care of our body, <clears throat> or um, how to be with others physically even, 
you know, issues of embodiment in relationship, like sexuality or, you know, even time spent together. How much is best? Um, the not knowing is a, is a lack of, the state of lack of knowledge. That is the catalyst that leads to polarization by the growing, naturally, of the desire to know and to take good care or work with body best, to know what's best, to do what's best for body and mind. And that couldn't have happened before the veil. So vast lack of knowledge, vast lack of control uh, of body or mind or life uh, gives us this tremendous opportunity uh, to seek to know. To seek to know. I mean, it all starts from knowing. Action follows knowing, right? Energy follows thought. So, know, then act. If you know well, you may act well. Then um, consequences should show, you know, the degree of true knowing in the, as the basis of the decision and the action. So anyway, it's, it's, it's not the way we normally think, <laughs> it's, which is normally like, uh, I like pleasure and I, don't, and I hate pain. Um, but all that was lost with the veiling represents, in terms of uh, catalyst for polarity, a tremendous gain. Catalyst for polarization, tremendous gain. So a tremendous, the tremendous loss is a tremendous gain for opportunity, in opportunity for learning. Likewise, our living on Earth is a tremendous loss, tremendous loss, tremendous loss for wanderers being on Earth in 3D, and with this group, particularly with this group. If this group wasn't here, we would make things lovely, and uh, the planet is lovely. First and second densities are just well, but the tremendous loss uh, in uh, in the quality of experience, body, mind, spirit at all levels and interpersonally, that is our 3D incarnation in space-time, 3D space-time incarnation. That tremendous loss is equally tremendous opportunity to uh, develop desire and will to know and understand, to accept and make peace, to forgive, um, to develop ourselves, actually, very simply. So that's just a way of looking at <clears throat> the increasing negativity and uh, <laughs> uh, control structure of humanity. Really, human, humans are really, they're just too, too easy to control. This is a 3D repeater psychology, easy pickings for clever 3D negatives guided by clever 4D negatives. Uh, easy pickings. Humanity is uh, easy pickings for all those clever deceivers. And Machiavelli said the, the clever deceiver will always find those willing to be deceived. Yes, indeed. Obviously. 8619. Don says, perhaps you could give examples of use of body prior to veiling and then after the veiling in the same aspect too or so that we could understand the change in knowledge and control over body more clearly. Could you do this please? Ross said we could. 8620, will you do this? <clears throat> Ross said yes. And so then we get into the last major exchange of the session, uh, although we have a little bit more to go. 8620 about sexual energy transfer. And there were some <clears throat> mistakes here in terms of body or body complex words being used. So I'll read it correctly. And um, 
we would take it from there. Yes, let us deal with the sexual energy transfer. Before the veiling, such a transfer was always possible due to there being no shadow upon the grasp of the nature of the body of the body <laughs> uh, and its relationship to other mind-body spirits in this particular manifestation. Before the veiling process, there was a near total lack of the use of the sexual energy transfer beyond green ray. This was also due to the same unshadowed knowledge each had of each. There was, in third density then, little purpose to be seen in the more intensive relationships of mind, body, and spirit. Not complex. Which you may call those of the mating process, since each other self was seen to be the creator, and no other self seemed to be more the creator than another. After the veiling process, it became infinitely more difficult to achieve green ray energy transfer, uh, sexual transfer, due to the great areas of mystery and unknowing concerning the body complex and its manifestations. However, also due to the great shadowing of the manifestations of the body from the conscious mind complex after the veil. When such energy transfer was experienced, it was likelier to provide catalyst which caused a bonding of self with other self in a properly polarized configuration. From this point, it was far more likely that higher energy transfers would be sought by this mated pair of mind-body-spirit complexes, thus allowing the creator to know itself with great beauty, solemnity, and wonder. Intelligent infinity having been reached by this sacramental use of this function of the body, each mind-body-spirit complex of the mated pair gained greatly in polarization and in ability to serve. <clears throat> These were some mistakes that were corrected in the next session in terms of body complex, using the word complex or not. In terms of sexual energy, uh, sexual energy transfer, first we look at before the veiling. Uh, the transfer was always possible. That doesn't mean it always happened, but I assume it was always possible to happen. I mean, saying that it was always possible is not saying it, it always occurred. However, it seems that the green ray was always in play, so there was always uh, some degree of green ray transfer, it seems to me, in sexual transfer, you know, before the veil. Because there was no shadow upon the grasp of the nature of the body, of the body and its relationship to other mind-body-spirits or other beings. There was no shadow, and that, that's a way... One, one term Ra uses for veiling is a shadowing of knowing sh by the veiling of the conscious mind. The veiling of mind is a shadowing of knowing or a shadowing of the conscious mind. A shadowing of the capacity to know. It's um, occulted. <laughs> the negative path <laughs> like that. <clears throat> but it wasn't done by the Demiurge. It was done by God the Father or the Heavenly Father, or the Logos under the direction of the One Infinite Creator, Heavenly Father, um, to help. So what limited was for the purpose of helping. And, and again, um, there's some um, maybe Freemasonic, who knows what they are, but there is some quasi-Gnostic, quasi-Masonic, quasi-occultic perspective that God is evil um, because of what he took away from humanity. 
and Lucifer the Lightbringer is is a good guy because he brought you know the fire of knowledge or light. That <clears throat> I'm sure arose partly out of some much prior true knowing of the veiling process in earlier creations and how um, the departure from Eden was necessary for the development of, of man or the development of souls in third density. It's natural, you know, before the veil is akin to Eden. Uh, after Eden, leaving Eden, leaving the paradise is akin to being veiled. Very much so. But to think that, that it's an evil god that did that, like the Demiurge <clears throat> or the evil creator of this world, is a mistake. It's completely wrong. Actually, so the whole Demiurge, evil, pseudo-creator, Lucifer, good guy, light-bringer thing is, is just fantasy. Of course, humans love fantasy, so... <laughs> and their higher levels of the organization knows the fantasy, but they keep the lower levels in the fantasy, telling them that they're the chosen ones with privileged information. So you're being lied to at all levels, friends. <laughs> I'm, I hope not to be lying. I'm just following a, a, a teaching and teachings that I think are right on and true. Um, everybody should think deeply if about what's true and real, and you know, go with what seems true and real to you, and drop the rest. But <clears throat> um, none are so hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe themselves to be free, Goethe or none are more hopelessly ignorant than those who falsely believe they know. So, <laughs> before the veil, there wasn't this shadowing upon the grasp of the nature of the body complex or the body, or and relation to other bodies in particular manifestation 3D. So, um, <clears throat> control of the body was fully available. The mind knew how to do it. The nature of the body as an energy system as a seven chakra multi-dimensional um, complex of energy fields was known. That true metaphysical nature of the body was known before the veiling. It could be known now, but to be controlled is another matter. There was a near, before the veil, there was then a near total lack of sexual energy transfer beyond green ray. They went to green ray, but no further. And that was because of this same unshadowed knowledge each had of each. Unshadowed knowledge not only then of the multidimensional metaphysical aspects of body, but also the metaphysical or spiritual nature of each person, each being. Unshadowed full spiritual awareness of each by each, each had of each. You are seven-dimensional system. You are seven-dimensional, you know, sentient light complex. I am, you are. And we are all the we are all one, or we is one, and um, each one is the one infinite, in in a limited manifestation, um, with lots of work to do. Um, that was that and more was clearly known and lived, uh, not known simply intellectually, but seen, clairvoyantly. And uh, sensed, um, clair, you know. <laughs> Uh, kinesthetically, in terms of um, uh, feeling the multidimensional energy fields um, and and the unity um, that is of the system. Then in third density, um, they didn't see little. They little little purpose then for them was seen. They didn't see much purpose in mating or bonding 
or monogamous or pairing. The more intensive relationships of mind-body spirits called mating, they didn't see there was any purpose because each other, other self, was seen to be the creator, no other self more the creator, so why should I choose one mate when all mates are the one creator equally? There's no other mate that's better for me when all is one. That's true but not complete because there it they perhaps didn't see the seven I guess they didn't really see clearly seven dimensional uh, vibratory compatibilities because uh, it could be seen one could see not me but one could see seven chakra energy conditions seven energy body configurations, vibratory rates, and all that, that would show who is most suitable for me <clears throat> more than all the others. But, you know, even in that condition, <laughs> beings still may not want mating. But there's a certain wisdom to the mated relationship that Ra talks about that I guess they themselves as a Ra group probably had to learn too, and probably didn't initially know. Meaning, they probably were more in a free love community in third density and maybe fourth also than than they're advising <clears throat> so they're saying that um, because without the veil everybody knew everybody as the one infinite creator no one was seen as more so or more appropriately suited for me or uh, in, in that so they didn't mate and that didn't allow higher energy transfers meaning they didn't get to Blu-ray transfer very much. And that's very interesting because if there's a near total lack of the use of sexual energy transfer beyond Green Ray, so then what? Is there a near total lack of, of deep, honest communication? Hmm, that's strange. <clears throat> you would think there would be. But it sounds like they were just playing in one through four only and um, didn't develop wisdom. How about that? So... Richie Rich uh, need not be uh, a thinker. And having all your desires fulfilled uh, automatically um, need not lead one to seek wisdom. And so that's very interesting. And that Blu-ray neglect is also a neglect of spirit complex activation. So they uh, didn't polarize. And they also very much neglected their potentials. Then, after the veiling, <clears throat> because of all this uh, great areas of mystery and unknowing concerning body complex and concerning other the nature of others, um, it became much more difficult to achieve green ray transfer and shadowing manifestations of body from conscious mind from conscious mind complex. Um, the manifestations of the body, maybe the processes of the body, the nature of the body. Um, was unknown and on lack of control after the veil. Um, <clears throat> because of all, because of the the great lack of control and lack of knowledge, <laughs> and ignorance of the veiled condition, when ever such an energy transfer really happened, a green ray transfer, it was likelier than it was more likely the two entities would come together and stay as a mated pair. Likely to provide catalysts which caused or it did provide catalyst, which more often caused 
bonding of self with other self, meaning properly polarized mating, meaning pairing for a lifetime, lifetime partners, lifetime partnership. That is considered much more helpful <clears throat> because for most folks. For wonders, it's a whole a little bit different, but for people who haven't don't know much about green, blue, indigo, um, partnership mating is a great catalyst because it basically uh, provides a um, atanor or a crucible that both have made commitment to the commitment of the marriage bond, loyalty, monogamy, fidelity, um, to work out their stuff together. <clears throat> but if if either doesn't want to, then it really can't work. And that's how all the divorces happen, is that um, both the, the partners are not willing to make comparable compromise. People want, are, want to remain selfish. If one person wants to be selfish... Um, no matter how um, saintly the other may be, then they're not going to have a very fulfilling partnership because one is committed, one is not fully committed to, to working through selfishness. The other one may be. But if both are truly not committed to selfishness and committed to right polarization on the positive path, then the crucible of the marriage bond and um, mated commitment uh, provides much, much greater catalyst for higher chakra activations and transfers. Then, <clears throat> Ra saying after the veil, it was far more likely that higher energy transfers, meaning blue and indigo particularly, would be sought by that mated pair. Uh, and that <clears throat> higher transfers allows the creator to know itself with great beauty, solemnity, and wonder. So, Ra, I mean... <laughs> <clears throat> there, there are very few channels that even could speak this phrase, great beauty, solemnity, and wonder. You know, it's, it takes, a, to me, a very, very mature spiritual being uh, to even phrase uh, this awareness this way, phrase, to, to even have such awareness phrasing, beauty, solemnity, and wonder. Um, even the word solemnity, basically. It shows a very deep mind, a mature mind, I think. And uh, yeah, there really are qualities of development, qualities of development of love and um, wisdom, discernment, <clears throat> and and awareness of unity. So there really are qual, you know, functional qualities of being um, do have a spectra of development. There are scales of development, and if you stay in the lowlands, you'll stay, uh, you know. If you if you follow sources that are lesser developed or more or, or more confused or more confused about metaphysical reality or the path or the principles of the path or the nature of you know uh, the creation and the nature in their own mind the people are more more <laughs> self deluded um, then we stay with them. And so it's good to, to be careful uh, which teaching we give ourselves to or, or devote much time to. Anyway, when the couple does develop the higher chakra energy transfer sexually, uh, this sacramental use of this function of body, meaning sexuality, then each of the beings, my body spirit complexes, of that mated pair gain greatly polarization and ability to serve. So, you know, 
some shallow minds criticize and say, oh, you're always talking about yourself, self-development, love yourself, self-help. <laughs> the purpose of that, or one of the purposes and natural functions of helping oneself truly deeply um, in, in a centered, spiritually centered way, is increasing the ability to serve <laughs> those that uh, haven't done it yet. 8621, we're going to end, i got to get myself out of here here. Uh, did any of the other aspects of loss of knowledge or control over body approach to any degree in the efficiency, the what you've just described, meaning how about other functions of body after veiling? Ross said each function of the body complex has some potential after the veiling to provide helpful catalyst. We did choose the example of sexual energy transfer due to its central place in the functionary capabilities of the body complex made more useful by means of the veiling process. So the fact that, that beings couldn't control their heart rate provided much less usable catalyst than the fact that beings couldn't know their partners or had longing for union but didn't know how to make it happen and had to make effort to make it happen uh, in partnership and sexuality. So some functions of the body after the veiling obviously provided much more useful catalyst <clears throat> because their body functions associated with um, opportunity for polarity, for polarization, like relationship, <laughs> sexuality. Ra goes, uh, this instrument grows somewhat low in energy. <clears throat> we would prefer to remain, retain the maximal portion of reserved energy for which this instrument has given permission. We would therefore ask for one more full query at this working. 86.22, Don follows up and asks another one. <clears throat> I will assume that the veiling of the sexual aspect was of great efficiency because it is an aspect that has to do totally with a relationship with another self. It would seem to me that the bodily veilings have are having to do with other self-interaction would be most efficient, <clears throat> and those only related to the self be lower in efficiency in producing either positive or negative polarization. Am I correct in this assumption? <clears throat> and that's the point, actually. Um, the point is that <clears throat> body function um, veilings that were associated with interpersonal relation were much more useful in providing catalyst for polarization after the veiling because um, <clears throat> the use of those body functions um, is very much associated with um, whether or not the, the person is developing green-blue indigo. How you control your heart rate is much less important um, to, or less, much less opportunity um, to develop, you know, to, to choose the higher or the lower. The higher of, you know, acceptance and kindness honesty and truth in awareness of unity <clears throat> the higher versus the lower of selfishness and um, self-centeredness and trying to get material desires met only um, as two different modes of relationship two different ways of being with other Ross said you're correct to a great extent perhaps the most notable exception is the attitude of one already strongly polarized negatively <clears throat> towards the appearance of the body complex. There are those entities upon the negative path which take great care in the preservation of the distortion your peoples perceive as fairness, ugliness. This fairness of form is, of course, then used to manipulate other selves. 
may we ask if there are any brief queries and so the only exception to the veiling uh, of body functions and their relative greater or lesser utility for polarization after the veil uh, Ra, this exception here is, is one who's strongly negative, 3D negative, and body appearance. Before the veil, they could modify the body fully by mind. After the veil, greater effort was needed in doing so. And then we should just take note <laughs> in this world of uh, confused humanity that there are those that are moderately developed 3D negative that uh, are very fair or handsome, uh, beautiful female, beauty, male, handsome, whatever you want to call it, fair and lovely to behold physically, the physical appearance uh, take, is taken is so uh, fair, it seems, because they're negatively oriented and want to use that to manipulate others. So just because he is handsome and she is beautiful doesn't mean they're positively oriented. <laughs> in In higher dimensions positive it is that um, <clears throat> and it's a big shock for some of us that know in fact here it's not quite that case uh, but that's one other exception uh, where um, taking care of body appearance became very important for those in the negative path after the veiling because they couldn't do it easily A623 is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or improve the contact and Ra, with the final answer here, we are pleased that this instrument was more conscientious in preparing itself for contact by means of the careful mental vibrations which you call prayer. This enabled the channel to be free from the distortions which the contact fell prey to during the last working. We would suggest to the support group some continued care in the regulating of the physical activities of the instrument. However, at this nexus, it is well to encourage those activities which feed the vital energies as this instrument lives in this space-time present almost completely due to the careful adherence to the preservation of those mental and spiritual energies which make up the vital energy complex of this entity. Each is conscientious. The alignments are good. We would caution the support group as to the physical alignment of the appurtenance known as the sensor. There has been some slight difficulty due to variation in the pattern of the effluvium of this incense. I am Ra. I leave you rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator. Go forth then, rejoicing in the love and in the light of the one creator, Adonai. And that closes session 86. So, uh, the one uh, careful mental vibrations is another way of describing prayer. So, being careful is important. Uh, as to vital energies and the vital energy complex, um, there are activities that do feed the vital energy complex. Um, the uh, Particularly... Ron talked about careful adherence to the preservation of mental and spiritual energies, which make up the energy, the vital energy complex of the entity, or any entity. <clears throat> the the vital vital energy complex is qualitatively different than the bodily and body or physical energy complex, because the vital includes mental and spiritual. So vitality is a seven ray composite 
uh, is a seven ray energy composite while physical energy complex is body or mainly first second third chakras energies energy composite it seems to me so uh, there are ways of um, you know uh, for a depressed person watching a comedy can be a way of revitalizing mental spiritual uh, for a person I mean you know they bring um, pets to uh, hospital people people in the hospital get you know the visit from uh, the, 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 the volunteer with a little puppy or a kitten. Um, that is revitalizing to buy, to the revitalizing by way of mental spiritual help, mental spiritual support, um, and may lead to improved healing physically. So um, it's useful to know how to support the vital energy complex and the, the leads, the feed in from mental and spiritual catalyst or experience. That supports vitality, uh, and when we're devitalized, um, we're far more likely to not do what we know is good for us. So devitalization um, and low bodily comp physical energy complex deficit is far more likely to lead people to not know what's best or to not do what's best, but to do what's not best or, or unhelpful to oneself uh, and suffer further. So, anyway, it's a big topic. So that'll be it for today. Next time we jump into session 87. And session 87 uh, is a bit longer, 29 exchanges, more about sexual energy transfer and the veil, and some dynamics of the negative path at the beginning. So thank you for being here. Uh, please take good care of yourselves, and good night.